0: Hello, welcome to AP European History. This is covering Unit One. This is specifically discussing the Renaissance period and including the one the ones of Italy and the and Northern Europe in general that followed soon after. Alright, so this is uh, an overview of what transformed um, the culture an intellectualness overall did. Um, there was a political consolidation of centralized states, and there was technological advances and capitalism. So those were three different ones. So culture and intellect go together. Political consolidation and centralized of centralized states go t- go together, and technological advances with capitalism goes together. So cultural and intellectual changes. Basically, there was more open minds towards inventions as the years went on. As for political consolidation of centralized states, the states um, had enough money and power to control their own things like the economy, armies, the society, you know, whole spiel. Um, as for the technological advancements in capitalism, the increase there was an increase in money increase in trade, increase in territory in the Western Hemisphere, which led to a lot of different, obviously, the technological advances and increase in capitalism or adoption of capitalism. So thus, the Europe in 1648 was drastically different than Europe in 1450 because of all these advancements. All right, there are five different themes that are apparent from in Europe from the years 1450 to 1648. You can see themes of individualism, central government, capitalism, mer- capitalism and mercantilism, religious pluralism, and the disappearance of old order. So individualism, you see there is people in europe have finally have control over their own identity instead of just being grouped into like oh i'm i am a catholic uh and i do what what everyone tells me to do i don't know why i gave them that accent but you get the gist um the central government there was a rise in monarchies over old nobility so now there's like this hereditary aspect to it and it's more like kings and queens instead of the old nobles and friars and whatnot actually i think friars are like the nuns of men so don't quote me on that anyways um, as for capitalism and mercantilism, there was that increase of trade and business going. So there was also some more exploring that we mentioned, which means that there was a greater global economic rise. Wonderful, everything's going up it seems. Um, as for religious pluralism, the Catholic Church was no longer dominant, and as the individual, whoa, as the individualism individualism yeah as the individualism rise, so did the religious pluralism because people were like i'm my own person i want to do what i want i'm a human i am not locked down into these little boundaries now let me um preach what i want to preach and praise what i want to praise you know what i mean i get it i get it um, and then finally there was the disappearance of old order. The nobles and serfs that were tied to land were finally gone. And a new bourgeoisie I love that word. The new bourgeoisie booted them out, basically. People realized that they didn't need to swear allegiance to nobles because now they had a king and an army to protect them. So if they didn't need them. They were like, I gotta, like my monarchy, man. So people were in favor of the monarchy, at least until 1648, you know. We had those uh, religious wars, but we'll get on into that next time all right so let's st- get started with the italian renaissance which began i would assume in like the 1400s like mid 1400s because that's like the start of the renaissance or renaissance i don't know all right so it focused heavily on poetry um I don't know what, I wrote down prose, but I don't know why. Um, The art of Rome and also Greece. Um, Giorgio Vasari was an artist of many talents and he explained classical art and literature was lost after the fall of Rome. But why Italy in general? Why did this renaissance spark up in Italy as opposed to literally any other place in Europe or the world? um it was ancient rome apparently i literally did not know this until i read it today um and the trade was enriched there because it was like a high trade place and also i didn't write this down but like it still had some of the old like um ways of rome like there were old streets and old literature just like hanging around so if anywhere uh renaissance is gonna spark up that Uh, gained great influence from ancient Rome and Greece it's probably gonna be where ancient Rome or ancient Greece once was and so this is where ancient Rome once was so of course all right um also scholars fled to Italy to Italy with Greek manuscripts after Constantinople fell because I guess it was like a safe haven never really explained why they went to Italy but they did um probably because the trade was so high they felt safe all right, The economy in Italy, then, um, was heavily, uh, the, the success was heavily to think for in Genoa and Venice, because they had sea routes with Middle East trade, and the Middle East trade brought them luxuries, it was wonderful, marvelous, everything, everyone wanted everything from the Middle East, all the spices and whatnot, so they were, they were a hot spot, they were for real. Um, in Florence, merchants and bankers collected taxes and made loan offices. This is where the Medici family is, and they're pretty crazy. Like they're good, they're rich as fuck. Ooh, sorry, I probably should have sworn. Um, so this there was an increasing benefit and advanced trade overall for the economy in Italy in this time. Um, society the old nobles married into the medicis families of italy italy i keep saying italy italy for alliances because as we said before the nobles are getting booted out and replaced with these monarchies like these huge families that are now going to be in power for a long time because they have hereditary power you know what i mean they're inheriting that um there were one two three four four different um society like categories there was the popolo grasso or the fat people um which i thought was funny because i heard my teacher say um fat people and for whatever reason it was so funny um i just she just said it so abruptly anyway so they were at the top because i guess like you know like fat means well fed and well fed means you have money you know 1400s that's a good thing Um, then there's the mediocre which is, like, you know, the mediocre people, like, the middle class, basically. And then there was the popolo minuto, which was the lower class. And then it goes even lower than that with the slaves and servants. Oh, girl. All right, anyways. Uh, so, of course, the urban elites, as you can imagine, dominated. Um, urban elites included, like, the Medici family. But they were very heavily, like, in support of patronage. Which, basically, they supported the arts to decorate their homes and public places. And they did this, I think, to get, like, a political advantage or, like, get more support from the public. Because they're like, we're supporting your artists and we think that they are wonderful. So, support us because we are giving you money to pursue your passions. Something like that, you know? Like, that's how it normally is, anyways. Alright, and then the politics. The... Italy at this time were city-states, they did not have central control or central government they were independent, they uh, often had conflicts with one another because they all wanted power, you know that's the whole thing about history no matter what history you're studying European, any different type of foreign history um, that isn't your nation or American history except from America, but you know what I mean Um, it's all about power and imperialism um, but mostly just power um so there was Milan, I don't know I said like that. There's Milan, Florence, Venice, etc. So they had republics and principalities. So republics uh consisted of free men seeking complete political and economic independence from the nobles. Uh you can typically refer to these as oligarchies. This uh included Venice and Florence. And then the principalities, principalities. I don't know how to pronounce this word. It's a funky one though. Uh these were hereditary rulers or the signory and they had absolute power so it's kind of like two different ones but they weren't exactly monarchies this uh was milan and the naples states all right so a little spiel about all of the major city states in italy venice profited from the crusades and the crusades of the ships going back and forth so they were like the mass hotspot trade center so they benefit from that obviously because they're the hotspot They're getting all the money, all the goods, you know, benefiting the most. They are the source. Uh, Florence uh, held the Medici family, which was, uh, they were heavily to blame for the political successes and failures. And uh, they were the bankers and textile manufacturers. So they also provided some goods. In Milan, they had the armaments. I don't know what word I was trying to write, but that's definitely not what that means. Uh, and textile manufacturing, so kind of like Florence. states um, had a pope ruler, and they also were heavily patroning the arts. Um, in Naples, Spain and France disputed it, and feudal ro- lords ruled over it. Alright, here are... Major intellectual advancements of the renaissances are you ready humanism this is the biggest freaking thing and it's so hard to explain but i know what it is but putting it into words just like does not make sense for me for whatever reason all right so humanism. humanism is basically individualism like focusing on humans as people and human problems and worldly issues instead of yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um this with humanism, philosophy was challenged um, church philosophy was challenged specifically, and uh, secular lifestyles were embraced. Vernacular was also adapted here. Um, more accessible literature was created because of it because now manuscripts were not just written in latin they were written in italian too which is the vernacular of italy uh humanities also advanced largely grammar rhetoric poetry history politics moral philosophy all that jazz advanced there was so much of it because they turned like most of the education kind of turned to like liberal arts education which is pretty swag and i know liberal arts focused on history moral philosophy and something else i can't think of the third one but it's pretty cool uh and then there was also scholasticism where christian values are met with greek philosophical philosophical reasoning which i think is pretty cool you know mixing um education with christian values because at the se- i mean uh obviously a separation of Religion and state, separation of religion and education, like, for real, like, don't force that on people. But for a time where most people weren't rebelling against their, the dominant religion, like, this is pretty cool for them to have this mixed. All right. Here are some important Italian artists of the time. Include, not just, like, painting artists, like, artists of literature, historicalness, and all that stuff so there was francesco petrarch he was the dad of humanism he like created this and emphasized it he did not idolize other church idols because he is like bro you're so materialistic like wait and he also made the florentine vernacular there was boccaccio who created the decameron which was the first Italian prose piece. There was Castiglione, who produced The Courtier, which was the male and female etiquette book, basically, of like how to be a perfect courtier. Um, there was Machiavelli, who produced The Prince, which was like a little book that described the use of political power and like how you should rule over your nation. Um, and then in Northern Europe, there was Gutenberg. Who invented the printing press Which made more literature more accessible And since there was that development of vernacular It made it accessible to more people than That didn't just speak Latin uh, There was Erasmus Who produced the Colloquies Which was basically a satirical piece On religious um, s- Not stereotypes But like religious assumptions kind- Well kind of stereotypes And like assumptions Like You know something like that and he also created the new testament but in greek and more uh produced a book called utopia which basically like outlined an ideal community all right so the arts of the renaissance basically included three main categories sculpture painting and architecture as for the sculptures it was basically, you know, like the rest of the Renaissance, heavily based on Greek and Roman art. It focused heavily on realism and it was mostly statues, typically naked, um, painting. There's a lot of new oils. And they adapted to like 3D perspectives. There's shading. There's distinct attitudes. Um, They captured the real world, basically. That was like essentially the whole point. There were people like Da Vinci, Raphael, Michelangelo. Da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa. Uh, Raphael painted the school of athens yes that's such a good one it like basically highlights a combination of roman greek italian northern europe um all of that like all the renaissance like collaboratively working together all these ideas there was like aristotle in it it was wonderful it's a beautiful piece and michelangelo who i forget what he made uh oh my god, maybe he did the School of Athens, oh wow but, you know, he's pretty cool too, alright and then for agriculture uh, basically there's a lot of Greek columns um, they focused on perfect forms, like squares and circles um, Brunelleschi created the Dumo and central the Central Florentine Cathedral aka the Santa Maria de Flor alright now, finally, there is distinct differences between Italian and Northern European arts. Italian Renaissance arts deal with individualism, humanism, secular, secular, secularism, secularism, portraiture, landscapes, religious scenes, and mythology, and freestanding sculptures. In Northern Europe, they had nation-states art, reformation art, common people art, domestic interior. Maybe this isn't art. just don't don't think about it. OK. Italy had individualism, humanism, secularism, portraiture, landscapes, religious scenes and mythology, freestanding sculptures, and their patrons were merchants in the church in northern Europe. they had nation states, Reformation art, common people, domestic interiors, portraits, religious reformation art, and their patrons were the dukes and kings. But all in all, pretty cool. I think they're two different distinct periods though, like the Northern Renaissance and the Italian Renaissance. I feel like you wouldn't have even gotten the Northern Renaissance if the Italian Renaissance didn't happen. So pretty swag though. Thanks for listening.